And so you get this effect, this positive effect where you can lift more. And that's why people can generally touch and go a bench press much heavier than they can pause and then press because you are negating some of that stretch shortening cycle. What I tell people is, as a general guide for nutrition, is if it had a face and if it came out of the ground, eat it. And <laughs> those are your two criteria, right? You have to understand that if you go to Hungry Jack's and have a large meal with a normal Coke, you're having 1500 calories. That's like running 15 kilometers. How many people out there are running 15 kilometers when yep, they go so and get a Hungry Jack's? Don't change anything and just run 15 to 20 kilometers a day, yeah. every day. If you have that mindset, and like training is hard and I don't wanna, versus people like Tom who will just take the advice and go with it. And just, even if they don't like it, just get it done. Yeah. You're gonna get some really good strength gains. Okay, guys, welcome back to part two of our questions and answers podcast. I hope you really liked the last one that we did. And if you haven't watched it, go back now and watch part one Up there. of our questions and answers podcast. Uh, I guess we should just dive right into where we left off, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. Next yeah. question is Claire, which is if you're on a high calorie diet, um, is there a benefit for your metabolism if you were to do like small bursts of uh, deficits? Like a, let's say you've been on a high calorie diet for like six weeks. Um, and you've been putting on a little bit of weight and you're full and, and you know, um, satiated. And then you do like maybe a two week burst of like a deficit or a one week burst oh. of a deficit. Like, is that, is that going to give you a, a, a metabolic benefit? Oh, a metabolic benefit? Like, a, like, like in terms of like trying to just lose weight or just metabolism? No, no, just like your metabolism. I would personally say no. I would think that eating more food is actually better for your metabolism yeah. because it's upscaling everything. Yeah. So what would happen is if you were to eat more food, right? Um, basically what happens is because you have an ample amount of energy, your NEAT, which we talked about, which is your non-exercise allowance of thermogenics or something. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But basically, it's like every day. If you're just here moving around, you're at home, you might be a fidgeter, you might move your arms around a lot. This is non... Like I'm burning extra calories doing this. But if you're on a deficit for a long time, those people... Um, what you'll find is those people will drastically decrease their need. So all of a sudden when you're at home, if you're like normally sitting on the couch but like fidgeting and moving around, tapping your leg, you'll just be lying on that couch. You might find that you are up and going for a bit of a, uh, you know, a dog walk and, and you're at a good pace. But if you're um, in a big calorie deficit for a long time, your need decreases, like you slow your pace a little bit, right? You naturally, your body slows things down to conserve your energy. So by eating more food and being in a heightened state, your metabolism is probably working better and faster. Mm. Well, in saying that, if you do like a two-week burst of a deficit, it will be beneficial for losing weight because you'll be at a deficit. So you drop some weight, um, but I don't think that's going to negative, uh, negatively or positively affect your metabolism. I think that having the higher calories would positively affect your metabolism. And this is all completely anecdotal as well. You could probably try to do something like if you want to boost your metabolism and say you're going to all of a sudden just switch your diet for a couple of weeks and do something like uh, like uh, keto or, or carnivore where you're eating a lot of protein – well, then the thermic, eject, uh, the thermic effect of food, if you eat more protein, it uses more calories to, to burn that up. You could potentially eat more times throughout the day or eat more things that are burning more calories. So you could try and try and adjust it to make your metabolism right. but do even, more. But, it's, but even yeah. the thermic effect of food, even if you were to have all of your calories every day come from protein, you're still only going to be on average maybe another 200 calories a day. 
Yeah. It's not much. Yeah. It's not much. So so really I think the the yeah, it's yeah, it's negligible. I think you're spot on with um, what you're saying. The only yeah. other thing what, what, what where a surplus could be negative is you're in a huge surplus of calories and you're getting hella fat, it can increase um, estrogen levels, which will decrease your overall ability to like burn. If you're a guy, for example, and you're carrying a heap of adipose tissue, generally have high estrogen levels. Yeah. So that will be a negative effect for your metabolism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting question, actually. Yeah, great question. Good question, Ash Taylor, smack talking, talking trash. Ash says, hey, when are you guys going to do a challenge where there's actually a winner? How How dare you? Uh, So what's he referring to, Nevin? Well, we did the squat challenge. We did. And we we tied that one. And then we were going to do... Well, we tied that one. It was the difference. It was a relative squat challenge where we both tried to squat as heavy as we could. And then it was going to be relative to our body weight. Correct. And so the difference was 0.03% with how much we squatted. So we We, just couldn't qualify a winner. Plus, there was questions on my depth... And then also, if you're looking at powerlifting, because it was powerlifting um, standard, um, there's a bit of a bar dip in Adrian's one as well. So we just like, you know what? It's so close. We're just going to call it a draw. draw. Yeah. And you did actually get referees. Yeah. Like qualified referees. I sent the the videos to three refs, two of which are world level referees. And then Dan Macri, who um, is a national and international level competitor. And they all said like, and didn't really give us definitive, definitive answers. So it was, it was kind of hard. Well, to... th- there was two yes to one no on my squat, but I wasn't happy with the depth as well. Zoe mm-hmm. was the one that said no. Nathan and Dan That's said right. yes. That's right, yeah, Nathan and Dan said yes. Um, yeah. But again, it's, you know, it was like that was a draw. And then we were like, all right, well, let's do something different for the powerlifting states last year, 2021 states, <laughs> is that we'll do highest gloss brenner, which <laughs> is a bit different. I forgot about that. And then I blew my, my back out the week yeah. of the comp, so I couldn't compete. So we, we don't so have... Close. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't have... A, that was a, a no no competition. Well, that's a good... That's Okay, that's a good point. I mean, What's technically, on? we did um, most push-ups in one minute. And uh, I'm going to bring that video that, right here. That was during the... Hey, put it up. It's linked. Um, that was during the COVID. It was during COVID. We did most COVID push-ups lockdown. in one minute, yeah. and and this guy won. Yeah. How much and did he win by? I think one or two oh, push-ups. Two. And yeah. then the, the the hundred squats. It was a hundred squat challenge as yeah. well. It was a hundred squats at body weight. So I did hundred kilos. Adrian did seventy kilos at the time, or seventy-five at the time, and it was the fastest person to hundred reps. And I won that one too. So, but they weren't major challenges. Those no, two. No. But technically, if you want to get technical, I mean, Ash, I did win two of those challenges. <laughs> Ain't technical. Ain't technical. <laughs> hey, I'm linking the squat challenge up here as well. Yeah. First to hundred. Actually. The hundred, the hundred squats. That was fun. That was actually a great. That was a fun challenge. Was it was really fun. Um, well, give us some suggestions. We we, we haven't we have ide- for a while. No, we we got, have ideas. We got really competitive with the squat challenge, and we we both agreed that maybe it was a little much. So we yeah. were just going to do some more like lighthearted. It was to the point where we were talking so much trash to each other. It was almost like not fun coming to work. Yeah, <laughs> for the last bad. like the last three it was, weeks. It was great. It was very motivating. Oh, we, we both yeah, got super got strong, massive PBs. It was maybe a bit too much, but. Uh, Give us some suggestions. What yeah. sort of challenges do you think we should be doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need we need some ideas. We need some. Good we had ideas. some ideas. We we're going to do like maybe a pole dancing pole off. That and, would be and, fun. Yeah, but then yeah. like I've just had you know some back issues and and we'll, we'll figure something out. But yeah, yeah, chuck us your ideas, guys. Okay. All right. Please help us out. Give us something. Give us give us some ideas. It doesn't have to be strength based. All right. Yeah. One of the ideas was like um, going down to the park and doing sprints. Angel, she's, uh, we keep teasing Angel that we're going to smoke good one. smoke Angel on yeah. sprints, and she was going to be part of that. So we were going to. Primarily versus each other. And she's like and a top tier, a top tier like sprinter. She's a junior, but she's she's hella fast, guys. I have a feeling she's probably gonna smoke both of them. <laughs> probably. But I talk so much trash to her. <laughs> so like if anything, I'm like at the race, I'm sort of like push her over and then just go. <laughs> um, yeah, so give us give, give us some, some ideas. suggestions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark asks, what's the best way to lose belly fat? Ooh, this is a good one. All right. Everyone's uh, ears just pricked up. Everyone's ears just pricked up a little bit. You start. Um, I'm gonna go with 
the easiest way. So first of all, belly fat. Everyone wants to lose belly fat. Hey, can you yeah. spot spot lose fat, Adrian? <laughs> no, you cannot. What? I know. No, you what? Belly fat. That last little bit of fat on your stomach. Uh, it's the last bit to go. Generally, well. it's, generally, it's very frustrating to a lot of people. The easiest way to get rid of it, which is not the easiest way, the easiest way to get rid of it is to cut out all alcohol and sugar. And, and why though? Because it's not inherently that it's the alcohol or the sugar that's got the belly fat there. It's because well, they contribute to a calorie fat, surplus. Fat belly? Yeah, that. Yeah. Well, alcohol is a bit different. I find that when people just stop drinking alcohol, their body just works better. Because, Well, if you look at what alcohol does to your body, it, it clogs up your your liver, which actually has an important function. It definitely, in. it definitely helps your liver out, which has a huge metabolic component to exactly. your body. Yes, so if you so stop right. drinking alcohol, you just everything works better in general. Did you see a little Venezuelan man. Running I, the gym. I did. I was wondering <laughs> why he was here. Which was, anyways. Um, so not drinking alcohol, cutting that completely out, not one or two a week, or just completely out, and cutting back on all refined and artificial sugar. So like no candies, no sweets, no nothing like that. Because there's usually so calorie dense. It blows out your calorie allowance for the day. Exactly. And so you'd be like, I'm really good, but I have these couple candy bars every night and a beer. It's like, man, stop doing that because like you're working so hard and then all of a sudden you, yeah. you're back up to your maintenance. You're not going to lose any weight. Yeah. I noticed that. So this is anecdotal as well, but I noticed that I've never really been super lean except for when I was doing carnival. Mm -hmm. And I was loving my cheat meals once a week. So I was being really strict. And then once a week, I would just blow out and have pizza and just eat crap for 24 hours. I had abs for six days of the week. And then I just didn't have abs on a Sunday because I would eat all day Saturday. It would just go all the way away. And it, it would, yeah, it was the strangest thing. I'd get like a little bit bloated. I have like lots of water retention. And then my abs would just disappear. And then two days later, back into eating normal again, it would go away. And that's kind of what consistently eating very high amounts of sugar does. It's the first place that fat goes and it's the last place that it'll leave. That last little, like the, the belly pouch. Um, high like sugary drinks, candies, that sort of stuff. Like yeah. really your calorie sugars. dense, your calorie dense foods. If you cut those two things out, it'll make a world of difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if you want to be really um, on point with losing weight, you have to be really on point with what you're eating. You can't out train a shitty diet. Unless you're like an ultra marathon runner that's running 80 Ks a day, you can't outrun. How many calories were you burning when you were running your So marathon? when I was training for the marathon, I would burn basically 100 calories per kilometer. And so when I would run 10 Ks, I would burn 1,000 a a calories. How many, how many calories does the average person burn during any like hour-ish training session in the gym, Nevin? Like 300 calories. Yeah. Like, no, so like nothing, guys. I think I remember you saying that you were, when you were doing your big runs, you were burning like 2,500 calories. Yeah, so, cause, so the last three weeks before I ran the marathon, I ran like 18 Ks, 24 Ks, and 28 Ks. And so that was like... 1,800, 2,400, and 2,800 calories, basically. Which is what most people eat in a day. Correct. Um, but, but you have to understand that if you go to Hungry Jack's and have a large meal with a normal Coke, you're having 1,500 calories. That's like running 15 kilometers. Yep. How many people out there are running 15 kilometers when yep. they go so and get a Hungry Jack's? Don't change anything and just run 15 to 20 kilometers a day, <laughs> yeah. every day, and you'll probably lose a bit of so I think Don't do that. Yeah. Don't so do that. you have to be switched on with nutrition. And this yeah. is such a, a great question and a really interesting topic that so many people are interested on. We're going to do a whole separate, we'll still have it as a Big Flex episode. Actually, I might even invite Adrian onto the Strength Institute podcast and we'll have it as a professional <gasps> no podcast. Way. That's it, guys. Ooh. We're going to do a Strength Institute podcast with Adrian Yay. and it's going to be dedicated 
to losing fat. I'm a smart person now. It's going to be dedicated to losing fat. We're going to have a slideshow. It's going to be amazing. Oh, we're going to do diagrams? Diagrams, slideshows, dot points, oh, everything. We can do a pie chart. There will be. There may or may not be pie chart. A pie chart literally talking about pie. Okay, you probably shouldn't invite me to the podcast. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm instantly regretting my decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, That that's a good one. It's the, the short answer... It's be at a calorie deficit. Be at a calorie deficit. The long, complicated answer is that you just have to pay more attention to your nutrition and what you're actually putting in your body. Yeah. And we'll get into that when we yeah. when we do exactly. this whole separate episode. If you want to lose fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. It doesn't have to be giant. 400 calories is enough for like half a pound a week, right? So like a yeah. couple hundred grams of fat. that's a sweet spot. That's exactly what we... For, for people out there who don't... 400 calorie... Know, I didn't say deficit, right? 400 yeah. calorie... De- so yeah. Don't just eat 400. 400 no, no, calorie 400 deficit. deficit on top of what you're <laughs> so for those people who are out there who are wondering like how much weight you could lose a week the sweet spot the healthy amount is about half a kilo to a kilo a week depending if you've got a lot of weight one, to lose um one percent of your what is it half percent or one percent of your body weight well one percent of your body weight so if you weigh a hundred kilos you could lose about a kilo a week well i find that even with people who have more weight to lose right a good consistent amount that i've just over the years noticed that people can consistently lose every right. week yeah is about half a kilo to a kilo and that's absolutely manageable to repeat for a long period Correct. of time. Yeah. If you're losing like two, three, four kilos a week, just right. like the weight to lose, if, that'll I mean, fluctuate yeah. like crazy. If you're like 150 kilos, sure. But I think, um, and I'm pretty sure, and I'll see if I can find the journal article, but I've, this has been referenced on um, Lane Norton's by Lane, you know, PhD nutritionist, is that you can maintain muscle mass, um, maintain performance if you're losing about 1% of your body uh, weight, body mass per week. I think it's 1%. Might be half a percent in in that range. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we will definitely do a, a full podcast dedicated. I'm going to go home and start the PowerPoint. It's going to be great. I'm going to use our new toy. I've got this toy that I'm borrowing from dad. It's a video mixer. So this is right here, a sound mixer. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you don't have the How Dare You one loaded I, up. I, I can't. I'll go load it up. So this yeah. is a sound mixer and I can yeah. change our audio sounds and everything and add oh, extra Oh, so you sounds. can like switch to the PowerPoint. It's yeah, like, so on the ooh. video, you can have four inputs. So we'll have this camera. You can have a second camera looking at the whiteboard. And we can have yeah. a PowerPoint plugged into the computer. Got, and I can switch between all the things. We keep looking up that way because we've got all the questions on yeah. the whiteboard. So, so that's, that's what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to have, I'm gonna have um, three, two or three um, inputs. It's going to be really cool. All right. I yeah. like it. Um, but cool. yeah, we'll, we'll do that one for so, sure. Look forward to that. That's coming, yeah. guys. Talking about nutrition, Guy asks... Um, uh, is the best way to get shredded to go vegan? And he's... Uh, this is a troll question. And... Um, and guy, you're you're how dare you? How dare you? Don't go vegan. Going vegan is not the best way to get shredded. No. Going vegan is the best way to become a beta. All right, your soy boy. You just, you just cut it out. It's, no. just, it's also a good question as well. <laughs> soy right? boy. We can treat it seriously. Uh, our own opinions aside. Okay. Uh, the the question is basically. If I go vegan, is it easy to get shredded? And the answer is no, because no, there's not. good vegan and bad vegan. Hey, if you want to be a vegan, you can just eat an endless supply of potato chips and just be a fat. Vegan, mm. like just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're going to get shredded. There Again, are, there comes are down to calorie in, calorie there out. Are exceptions to every rule. Of course, know, you have some super fit vegans. I know some people who are vegans who are absolute weapons. I know a vegan who represented the Commonwealth Games in wrestling. Like you can, you can perform. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying he probably would have done better if he ate. Vegan. Yeah, no, it's I'm probably. Kidding. Kidding. I think, some people can handle it. Some people cannot handle it. It really comes down the, to the individual. The vast majority of people don't do it yeah. properly. They don't commit. They're like, I'm going to go vegan, and then they eat junk, vegan junk food. Is if you want to optimize yeah. your performance, 
is probably not the best. It can be done if you're really switched on with what you're eating and making yeah. sure you're getting a well-rounded nutrients in. And but if it's your probably body can not, actually handle it's it. It's probably not optimal A lot of you. people, a lot of people over the course of the 10 years that I've been a personal trainer who have switched to a vegan diet have started to develop fatigue and a few people have even like pushed themselves into chronic fatigue disorders, just trying to stubbornly push and keep that diet. It's not healthy for a lot of people because it's actually quite difficult to get all of the nutrients. And a lot of people don't spend the time to make sure they're doing it all correctly. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't be like flippant with it. You, re you really need to be switched on with it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why a lot of people in like I would say bodybuilding, powerlifting, they make fun of vegans because they're like, oh, they're just weak and cranky and upset. And that's because that's it's an unfortunate stereotype, but it, stereotypes also exist for a reason because a lot of people who go vegan, they have low iron levels. It's really hard to get enough volume to get your iron up. So a lot of them need like transfusions and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy for a lot of people. People mm -hmm. make themselves sick. So um, going vegan to get shredded. Well, I mean, people go on juice diets all the time, but then they like sit by the toilet and have diarrhea for three days. So you'll definitely lose a bit of weight, but yeah. it's yeah. not necessarily I think if you want to get shredded, again, so, circles back to Mark's question, um, which basically the answer is calories in versus calories out. Work more, eat a little less, um, improve your output. And, or and, eat, eat more and export. But a lot more. Like, and, and knowing more. what your body can handle. Because yeah. some people can. There's exceptions to every rule. Right. Try it out. And if it's not healthy for you, if you're not feeling good, if you're getting sick, don't stubbornly push yourself and, through. And, and, and sometimes vegans and anyone going on any diet for that matter mm -hmm. get this confirmation bias where after the first two weeks they feel great. They drop a few kilos and they feel great. And it's not necessarily because of the carnivore diet or because of the keto diet. It's because you stopped eating Big Macs mm -hmm. and you stopped drinking booze. Yeah. And that's why you feel good. But after, you know, one month, two months, three months, maybe it's not optimal for you anymore. Yeah, and that's usually when it kicks in. Um, someone that I used to work with, actually, um, he was another trainer. He got, like, depressed very quickly doing yeah. it just because it messed with his it messed with his hormone levels. It messed with everything, and we, we had to have, like, an intervention. Like, oh. You have to do something about this because he didn't really notice it because you don't really notice stuff if you don't, like, pay attention to it. Right. But you see other people noticing it. He got, yeah, like, started getting really, really depressed, and then – Almost immediately when he switched back to a normal diet, drastic improvements wow. in his mood and training. Cool. So it can affect some people really negatively. So just just make sure that if you're going to try something out, just try it out. You don't have to push yourself into like a sickness or an injury or just try it out. Yeah. See what happens. Um, Pay attention to your yeah, health. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Kirk asks, um, how do I reduce sugar intake? And I would say, uh, actually, what would you say first? I'm going to share these questions around. I feel like I answer a lot first. Like, you know what? So you know we, what? We are co-hosts. You answer this one first. It's a tricky one because a lot of people don't realize. First of all, watch that. And I think it's I'm just, you keep talking. I'm going to check the battery because we've been going for a hot minute here. Okay. Um, I think the documentary is on Netflix still. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that documentary called Sugar. Uh, watch that because that's a nice, easy way to get a bit of an understanding of how sugar is in everything. Sugar is in everything, everywhere, all the time. So if you want to cut your sugar intake down... Uh, <clears throat> cut down on milk, uh, like sources for like pastas and things like that. They have sugar in them, like ev everything. Tomato sauce has a buttload of sugar in it. Yep. Everything that's processed is being sweetened with some sort of sugar thing. Then there's like, uh, this. Uh, my sister sent me this email a while ago. It's actually crazy. And it's just like a list of all the words that are sugar, but there are different words for sugar. Dextrose, fructose, sucrose. So like, yeah. And it's in yeah. everything. So if you want to try and cut your sugar intake down, start making all of your own stuff. 
That was right. what I was going to say. Prepare all of your, Prepare own, your food own food with your two hands that's right. yourself. Prepare your own food. And then that's a really easy way to keep all that stuff out of your diet. And yep. I, keep, I keep going back to this. I keep saying it over and over. I feel like it's getting annoying now. But when I did carnivore, it was just that. There's there's no processed anything. It's just meat and animal products. And there's nothing that there's barely anything that comes from like a packet or anything like that. And, yep. and the difference was insane. When I went back to eating kind of normally again, you can taste it. It's in everything yeah and i think what's it's important to know is that sugar yeah it, it breaks down differently depending on how it is but what is it it's carbohydrate right so if you want to limit your or reduce your sugar intake reduce your carbohydrate intake a little bit right so um it all breaks down into carbohydrates in the end yep. okay so less chips less bread less you know all yeah. those things that are high in carbs um <clears throat> all the things that come in packets you got to be careful because people are like oh i'm losing weight i'm going to go low fat Usually, fat yeah. is a very tasty thing it is. when cooked, when used properly. Yeah. And so when you reduce fat, things are far less palatable. And so and what do the fat, food companies do? They pump it full of sugar. So usually your low fat doesn't necessarily mean low ca- well, calories. You've, you've talked about this before as well. So when they put uh, low, low sugar, those artificial sweeteners actually upregulate uh, there's been this si- with- yeah since then there's been stuff that is that is counter uh, contradicted that so I'm not sure okay. if there's actually any basis in that anymore that people used to say and think that because so artificial sweeteners aren't actually calorie free most of them you, that's what they say like less than one calorie mm. um, they're just crazy amounts more sweet than sugar so you only put a fraction in and uh, it makes things sweet without giving all the calories. And there used to be this opinion that it actually upregulates things that people that would then, people that are having artificial sweeteners would overeat. And there are studies like where people would have diet soft drinks versus full sugar soft drinks. And the people that were on the diet soft drinks actually ate more than what the yeah. full sugar soft drinks did. They overate. But I think since then, there's also been stuff that's contradicted that. So I'm not 100% sure on that okay. one, to be honest. Right. Um, but yeah, I guess what Adrian said is exactly right. Make your own food, man. All right. Whole foods, make your foods. If it comes out of a packet, or it's been um, exactly yeah produced. Usually, usually, there's probably going to be there's going to be sugars put into that and artificial things put into that. What I tell people is, as a general guide for nutrition, is if it had a face and if it came out of the ground, eat it. And <laughs> those are your two criteria, right? So you can you're looking like that's a, everything. Right? Looking like an Italian drumstick right now. <laughs> that's everything. That's that's all of your food groups. And if like, how do you think they put the spices into those little containers and the sauces into those jars? They make them and then they put them into the jars. You can do the same thing. You can make them yourself. It's actually not that hard. Figure out how to make all your own stuff and make all your own stuff. Even if you put some sweeteners in those things, it's not going to be as bad as the store-bought ones. If something can last for six months on the shelf, probably right. not great to put into your yeah. body, right? And, and, and- if you want to be like, yeah, that's all good and well, but I work, I have three kids and I work full time and my oh, partner works full time. Well, do I and have a solution and, and for it, you? And it's hard to like prep all your food. What's your solution? Well, there are a lot of companies out there who do fresh made meals, ready to go. So calorie controlled. Calorie controlled. So calorie you can controlled. choose your calories. You can choose how many meals you want to have. And they're not those like really, it's not like the, the, the ones you buy from the shops that are like frozen meals. They make fresh food delivered to you weekly or bi-weekly. You can get all sorts of different packages where... There's a kitchen here in Perth, and those people will make that food for me on a Saturday, Sunday. They'll deliver it by Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll have fresh food for the week. And I did that for quite a while. There's a bunch of companies now. There are some some slightly cheaper ones. There are some really expensive ones where people make delicious meals, and it's all like handmade, fresh, delicious stuff. If you pay just that little bit for the convenience, then it's a really, really effective way to eat healthily if you have a very busy lifestyle. There's always options for eating healthier. It's easy to be lazy. 
it's hard to put in the effort and actually do that. Take the time out of your week to prepare all your own food. Sometimes it can be really difficult. And sometimes you just don't want to. And if you know that you're that person, don't lie to yourself. Don't do that thing where you're like, oh, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. If you say those words and never try, do something different. All right? It's, yep. worth, it's worth it. Try. Do something different. different. Either prepare all your food yourself or... The reason why I suggest that is because that's just someone else preparing all your food for yourself. Yep. So, yeah. Good. Um, we're down to the last serious question and then there's two fun questions at the end. Um, serious question. Is Byron. And Byron asks, is there a benefit to slowing down your tempo when you squat in, in, in reps, in knee reps? Um, and I would love to answer this one for you, Byron. Yeah. Um, and the answer... you ready? Wait. <sighs> okay, I'm ready. All right. Potentially. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, Why do you say that? Um, all right. So when we're squatting, Byron, there's a couple things at play. Yeah. Right? One is um, a stretch shortening cycle. Mm -hmm. So we know that if you drop down really quickly into a squat and you, some of your muscles are stretching quickly, it sends a message to your brain saying to avoid tearing or hurting myself, let's stop and contract the opposite muscles harder so we can go back the other way, all right? And so you get this effect, this positive effect where you can lift more. And that's why you, people can generally touch and go a bench press much heavier than they can pause and then press because you are negating some of that stretch shortening cycle, the benefit of it, anyhow, okay? So that's one thing. If you go down quickly, yeah, you get this nice little thing. But if you go down too quickly, right, and you don't have control, what do you need to do to turn around, you have to decelerate, right? And so what happens is sometimes when people drop down too fast, is that, oh, I've got to come back up. So you start decelerating really quickly and then trying to go back the other way and you miss depth. That's an issue that people see quite regularly, right? So- Or they'll drop too hard, lose their tension. Lose their shape, yeah. right? So there's a, and then there's balance. So we have position and technique, like position. We have balance. We have physiological effects like a stretch shortening cycle. All these things are in play and we have to balance them. Mm -hmm. So we, my answer to you is you want to go down as fast as you can while maintaining great shape and balance and not uh, having to stop yourself too early so you can make depth. In the knee wraps, sometimes I would say it is absolutely beneficial to slow down your tempo because you're able to feel everything a little bit more. You can feel when everything is compressing down. You're feeling the benefit of the wraps ready to spring you back up into a standing position, right? Or help you on the way back up. I don't dive bomb when I'm in knee wraps. I feel far more safe going quickly when I'm out of knee wraps. So, so yeah, there's absolutely a benefit um, if it's going to help your balance, if it's going to help your form, or if it's going to make sure that you hit depth to slow your tempo down. And it depends on the way you squat as well. Yeah. For, for, for those of you who watched one of the more recent posts that Nevin did about me squatting at States, yeah. um, I do dive bomb my squats. And it's because I hit full depth and I want to get as much stretch out of the wraps to mm -hmm. keep some momentum. So it's it's a slight difference in technique. If you're just going to parallel versus if you're going ass to grass, then it's going to change the way that you squat right. and the tempo you move at and, as well. And, and also with Adrian's ass to grass squat is he puts on his wraps very, very loose in comparison to how Byron, exactly. you put on your wraps. Because if I put mine on too tight, I it, actually it, can't get too depth. Or, I feel it, like or it's going to open my... It will, it will separate his knee. Exactly. It's basically, in jiu-jitsu, it's called a, a, a calf slice or a, a arm slice. So basically, you're creating a wedge here. And if I'm trying to push this, that elbow will pop. Yeah. So when I, when, I, when I squat, if I put the wraps on too tight, too tight I, I get limited. I can't hit my full will, range of motion. It will separate the knee. So they're looser, but they're at max tension at the very bottom. Yeah. But when you squat, you squat 
just to parallel or according to the judges at the state palace. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, those guys can suck it. But yeah. your apps are on way tighter. So yeah. the pace and tempo for us is going to be totally different. Yeah, I was getting like nine or 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I was getting like nine or 10 revolutions. I think Adrian was like five or six, six revolutions. Six or seven if six I Six or seven, tighter, right? Yeah. And, and you have big, like it's, you, so there's more material there. So again, how many times around the knee is the wrap going? So like if you're going only four times around the knee and it's a light wrap and you're an Olympic lifter, yeah, you can dive bomb into the bottom, no worries. But if you're trying to be a bit more of a controlled squat and you're putting 10 revolutions around, yeah, slow it down a little bit and, and actually feel the wraps, make sure you're able to maintain balance, maintain shape and hit depth. And then so, yes, the- I would say, yes, it is advantageous in some scenarios to, to slow down your tempo in wraps. Yeah, and in the in the knee wraps in particular as well, <clears throat> I wouldn't say so much in knee sleeves, but in knee wraps, we're talking about the stretch shortening cycle. Well, the the wraps have a little bit of extra play in that as well because they stretch and exp- uh, sorry compress and expand. So as you hit the bottom, they actually give you a little bit of that extra stretch shortening cycle. You mm-hmm. build up tension and release it, so you don't have to hit the bottom as slow because those wraps are doing uh, as fast. Sorry, those wraps are doing some of that work for you. Yeah. So you can yeah adjust your tempo to, to suit that 100 yeah um all right couple of fun ones to finish off adrian you asked hey um who's going to be stronger tom or leo yeah and, and they're brothers you, guys they're brothers for those of you who don't know tom and leo they're, they're brothers um leo's been training with us for a little while now he's been over a year over now a year? yeah yeah over and a year tom's now? Just, just started, started in the last couple months ago two months. a month yeah a month and a half ago yeah and uh and so we're Trying to pit them against each other, which is quite fun. <laughs> so for here's us. And, and here's why: it's because Leo's been training for ages, and he started off weighing like 67, 67 and a half kilos, and the kid refused to eat. Yeah. All right, and we've he and, this, and, he, to, and he lives at home. I think we've talked about with his before. parents. And he's like, I don't live at home anymore. I was like, mate, you live in a granny flat on your parents at your parents' house. You live at home still. But all right, it's been the bane of our existence trying to get him to and eat this is, more. Teaching young guys to eat more to get stronger. Yeah. Um, some of them do it, some of them don't, and then they get upset. Like this, this is something that happens with a lot of people. Eat more and you'll put on muscle and then you can lift more weight. You have to fuel the machine. Exactly, right? It seems it seems easy, but it's actually hard to do sometimes, right? I it understand. Really, it really and is. And he's like, I'm just not hungry. I just don't want to eat it. But also sometimes he just didn't try, right? Anyhow, we've been telling Leo for over a year, eat more food, man. You've got all this potential. You're here four times a week. Yeah. Eat more food. Like he, he's, Maximize he str- your, your gains. He gets stronger, but then his, his strength levels just kind of well, catch no, a little bit, he's, right? No, he's consistently still getting stronger, but it's just, you know, he could be getting a lot stronger. Anyways, lately... Thomas started training with this, yeah. and then this and that kid puts that kid put some food down. This crazy thing has happened where since Tom's trained with us, and we've been telling Leo, "Oh, Tom's gonna get you, Leo." We've been poking poking the bear a little bit. Uh, the the craziest thing happened this week. What happened, Nevin? He got the a last PB few weeks on hex bar deadlifts. Yeah, he got a PB on bench press, and now that he's equaled his dad's best bench, so now at, yeah, at eighteen exactly. years old, he's actually as strong as his dad's ever been on bench press. Yeah, and so he's he's stronger on all fronts. And the only thing that's changed... Except for squats. He's not as strong as his dad on squats. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. he's still getting PBs on squats, right? So he's yeah. gotten stronger every The only thing that's changed is he weighs more now. He's he weighs 70, 71 now. So he's, put, he's eating more. He's put on a few kilos. And, and now he's, he's getting, getting stronger. stronger. Exactly. Amazing. And we've been we've just been poking at him. Poking at him and poking at him. Just yeah. trying to be like, Tom's going to get you, which is amazing. So I guess um, the answer is who's going to get stronger, Tom or Leo? Well, I don't this know. Is the thing. They're both... They're both so they're, they're both very different people. Leo's the type of person that goes, I don't want to finish those last couple of reps. I'll just skip them. And, and you know leaves. what he does? He skips his tricep dips almost every week. Like, if you want to get a big bench, it do does, your damn right? tricep dips, Leo. Whereas Tom will die before he skips any reps. He yeah. will do every single thing to the T, which is great. He doesn't skip do, any. Do, do you know what Tom does? It'd be like, um, this is you, you be me, 
or you, and I'll be Tom. And if you're just listening to this, guys, head over to the YouTube page because this is a visual thing right here, right? Okay. Go. You talk to me about, about training. Just tell me like- Am I never? Yeah, no, you, you can be me or you and just talk to me about like what you want me to do. I want you to do three sets of 10 reps on squats. Okay, and, yep. And, and then I want you to do three sets of 10 reps of RDLs. Okay, yes. And then what do you want me to do? I see what you're getting at, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what he, you're getting at. He- that listens, he 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 does not break eye contact. He listens and then he does. Okay, now, now you be Leo. Okay. okay. I want you to do three sets of 10 reps on squats. 10? Oh, I thought we were going to do eight this week. <laughs> exactly. All, All right. right. Yeah, we we so do love you, Leo. We, we do, do. We yeah. do. But be better. <laughs> um, there's very different types of people. What we're saying is, and what we're getting at here, and the reason why I put this up here as well, um, I know we like to make fun of you, Leo, but we do it because we love you. We do. Right? We, we love you and we care about you and your gains. And we and actually enjoy the improvements you've been making. Absolutely. We love but it. But there are very different types of people in the gym. If you constantly skimp out... Hey, he doesn't constantly always... skimp. But, but hey, I, hey, I think hey, what's hey, happening whoa, is... Whoa. He what? skipped tricep pushdowns for a very long time until I caught him trying to leave one time. He always skips. So he does skimp out. But if you have that mindset... And like training is hard and I don't want to versus people like Tom who will just take the advice and go with it. And just even if they don't like it, just get it done. Yeah. You're going to get some really good strength gains. Yeah. The stuff that we tell our clients to do isn't like kind of general bro science where maybe like it works. It's tried and practiced right. and it works. Yep. So when we say put on weight, you get stronger and then you put on weight and you get stronger – like, it's, it's, yeah, you, you know, well, I think it's great. But basically, it, it all is. it all boils down to we love a bit of competition, steel sharpens steel, and so now that they're actually a little bit at competing against each other, it's fantastic. They're it both is. going to get some great improvements. Yeah, and yeah. always listen to your coach. That's right, always listen to your coach. And Leo, <laughs> don't you dare step tricep dips one more time. We should start looking at the cameras. Actually, I always look like at the cameras. Every single one of his workouts, you'd be appalled at how much I look at the cameras. What, um, what, how much do you look at the cameras? Just all the time. What Sometimes, like I'll be home on a Thursday on my day off, and I just like look to see who's lifting what weights. Why? Just because I'm like, I was like, who's lifting today? And I look at the PT minder. I'm like, oh, Byron's lifting. What's, what's Byron lifting? You got to get some. And I watch. You got to get some hobbies. I, I like watching people lift weights. <laughs> I like to watch. Uh, okay, what's the, the other final question? question is 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 Cam asks. Oh, um, this is a good question. He goes, why isn't the gym open on Sunday? And the answer is, Nevin, why isn't the gym open on Sunday? That seems like a reasonable question. Because it's not. Thank you very much, <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the okay. big. Fl- Wait. So I have I have a bit of an issue with this question. Okay, because right. when I I so Nevin owns this gym. This is Nevin's gym, hey. and I am an employee at this gym. Okay, so but employee, how- but you are the co-host. I am the co-host to the infamous but, the but, Big Flex podcast. But I don't make <laughs> like business decisions. Like Imagine you, decisions, you do right. those, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've had a. It's like lots of people actually ask me why the gym isn't open on Sundays. Yeah. And they're like, oh, could you get Nevin to that? And I'm like, yeah, you know what you should do? Speak to Nevin about it. And if enough people talk to him about it, he's a reasonable person, he'll yeah. do it. I've had how one person of, ask me. I've just had Cam. Cam's, how, how Cam's the only person. Only Cam. Cam is the uh, only person that's asked if can we I open had on Sunday. Hair, I would rip it out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Please speak to Nevin about opening the gym on Sunday. Stop telling me about it. Um, okay. I guess the, re- the reason why we work a half day Saturday. And we're not a big 24-hour gym. You know, our point difference is that we're not a 24-hour gym. We're a PT studio. Um, we have hands-on. If you want to be a member here, you have to be doing weekly coaching, which all of our members do. Um, and and I like that. It's a point of difference from going to a 24-hour gym. Everything is tidy. Everything's in place. We're regularly making sure that things go in the right place, that are getting yeah. packed away, stuff and like this. And always here. And yeah. the only reason why I think you're not open on Sundays is because we're not here on Sundays. Yeah. And it's not saying that we don't trust people in the gym because everyone's here is great. It's a great community vibe. Yeah. And it's not to say that the gym won't open on a Sunday. I've had literally one person ask me, 
why is it not open on I know, a Sunday? That's what I'm saying. So if I but, get enough interest, then maybe. Yeah. Also, um, I like the idea of Sundays. We sometimes we haven't recently, but we used to do a lot of filming on the weekend when the gym is closed because we can't go and do the tutorials for people walking around lifting weights. Yeah, yeah. Um, and quite often we'll finish our morning shift and we're tired. We want to either like train or go home and eat food and like hang out with our partners, yeah. right? Um, we don't want to be here all day in the middle of the day filming and then stay and do our afternoon shifts. So Sundays was for that. At so, uh, at sometime in the future, I would like to start doing some workshops. They would have to be on a Sunday when there's no members around. So these are some things that I have looked at doing and that I want to do and that we are doing that we might continue with. Um, will we open on Sundays? Potentially. I've slowly increased the opening hours of the gym now. So the gym's open for longer on the days that it is open. Um, I think it all just comes down to supply and demand. If enough of you want it, yeah. it'll happen. Come so, talk to me, guys. Come speak to Nevin. Come speak to me. Please. I'll make a list. It's the naughty list. You will not get Christmas presents. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, come speak to me though. Yeah. Um, and guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's all the questions. Yeah, so that's, oh that's, my that's gosh. actually a, a, quite a good one. I oh, like no, we that didn't. One. Yeah. Oh, you took Karen's up. Karen's off. Best Caesar exercises. How did we miss that? I didn't take it off. Did I we didn't... answer that one? Post Caesarian no, exercises. No. Okay. We skip one. Hey. Well, you, were reading, you were reading the list. One more, guys. One we're going to squeeze question. one more in. <laughs> Karen asks, what are the best post Caesarian exercises in the gym? So we, we had a bit of a look at this and there aren't any specific exercises. So the exercises for post Caesareans are just pelvic floor exercises. Um, and there's a lot of them. There's a million of them. There's quite a lot of them. Um, but really all that it is is trying to get all the muscles that were damaged or cut rehabbed, right? So a lot of those are just pelvic floor exercises. And the one that I had a bit of a think about this, I tried to think about specifically what exercises I use because I've got a whole list of stuff that I do. But the reason why I do them, uh, basically when you experience pain or damage the muscles in your stomach, you get this, you get this, this going on right and so your back does a lot of work it kicks in especially when you're post-pregnant or your abs stretch when you get sliced it's all weak and it's trying to do the opposite of that it's called a pelvic tilt an anterior pelvic tilt or a posterior pelvic tilt so it's trying to work on recovering that pelvic tilt so everything i do and all the pelvic floor exercises i do are to try and get those hips to come back underneath and just get everything working cohesively together um it's like a trigger word for me when people say core strength. How do I make my core stronger? That is ambiguous and it doesn't mean anything. When someone says, what's your core, Nevin? Explain it to me right now. Well, actually, a core is the transverse abdominus. Now, most people think that core is just your ab muscles, your rectus abdominis, your obliques, whatnot. This is incorrect. A rectus abdominis are what you would call the six-pack muscles. They help you sort of crunch, but this is not core strength, all right? We don't need that for core strength. We core do. strength is a transverse abdominus, which is a band that attaches from your spine and goes around your body, like a belt, like a weights belt. The weights belt, in fact, is an extension of your transverse abdominus, okay? Okay, so how many other people do you think can answer that question? Probably not a huge exactly. number. But you, you prove that by activating and bracing, bracing, learning how to breathe and brace correctly. Part of that is, yeah, when you wear a belt, for example, it's a perfect example. When people take a breath in when they squat and they extend and arch their back, well, then you're not really using your core. You're arching your back and using muscles in your back where we want to keep that pelvic tilt happening the whole time. So... A lot of pelvic floor exercises specifically focusing on trying to work that pelvic tilt again and make that a strong position so you can maintain a pelvic tilt when you've got a bar on your back or a weight over your head or just when you're moving, walking, 
in general. So there's no one exercise, there's no perfect list of exercises. Everyone's different and they recover at different rates as well. So it just depends on what regression or progression that you're working with at the time, mm -hmm. um, depending on how many weeks post-pregnancy. Um, a really good place to start actually, I found, is uh, do some post-pregnancy Pilates classes because they teach you, first of all, how to use your core, your pelvic floor, then go to the gym and actually use it. So, yeah, it's all pelvic floor exercises. Great. Uh, again, I left Adrian for this one for the exercises. Um, I did have a bit of a look, and there was definitely not a huge amount of lists on you must do this one, but there was avoid these ones. Basically, avoid crazy heavy lifting, no maxing out, no over-the-top exertion within you know six to eight weeks post-pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, you want to avoid crunching movements. So, yes, we're, we're trying to rehab this. We're not trying to crunch and everything. They want to work on more bracing movements. Something like a front plank or bridge, you would call it a front bridge, or learning how to breathe and brace. Isometric, isometric holding where you're uh, holding tension in Ooh, is a great place to start. Interesting fact about that, actually. Yeah. So this is something I, I, I just like this word delamination. It's when you excessively flex and extend at your spine and then the bones in your back just do this too much because you're doing too many crunches. And over time, you can get arthritis in your back or just damage and wear and tear. Um, crunches, if you do a lot of them, are silly and you don't need to do them. Um, just, just like sit-ups, crunches. Holding a shape isometrically is like a lot of how you actually use your body. Yeah. How many times are you walking around going... <laughs> It doesn't make sense. Um, crunches actually aren't that good for you. So stop doing that. Okay. Really. Cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. now that is actually all the questions there, guys. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to say thank you very much for watching. Yeah. Part two. Part two. <laughs> all right. As always, for these questions and answers podcast. We love it. Throw some. Please. We really do like these. Throw some questions into the uh, the comment section because three of Deb's questions. If you're on the members the page, chuck them on the members page. Exactly. If you're on the comments here, chuck in the comments here. If you have our emails or phone numbers, send us a message. If they're good enough, we write them down and we keep them for these podcasts. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, make some suggestions and also make some suggestions about the next potential challenge that we could do. Correct. We're always looking for good challenges. And while you're here, guys, just like and subscribe. Yeah. Okay? Awesome. Do it. Do it right now. We'll Thank wait. You. We'll wait. <laughs> Elevator music. <laughs> okay, that should be enough time. <laughs> See, See you, you next later, time, guys. guys. See you Have next a good time. one.